The Book of Boba Fett, Episode 3, Was It Good? We are Was It Good, and we're going to figure that out right now. I'm Robbie, joined by Christian Arjuna. Today we have Lauren over in the producer's chair because Michael decided to take a little break from us. He abandoned us. <laughs> Clearly, Much abandoned like us. Boba Fett abandoned those Tusken Raiders. Wow. Ouchie. What Big a, spoiler right what there. A tease. <laughs> what a tease. We also have a very special interview with Galen Howard, who plays the City Hall Clerk in Episodes 2 and 3. Later in the podcast, so definitely stick around for that. Some interesting insight uh, in terms of the shooting and the making of the book of the Boba Fett. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Book. Always book. good to have uh, have Galen uh, come on by. Oh yeah, Galen, friend of the pod, great dude, of, great dude. Good. Yeah. He actually, uh, we met Galen when we did uh, with our other friend Lowe, who directed this uh, very fun sixty millimeter film. A music video where again plays the main character um, for this song called "The Corpse Grinding Man." That's how we actually got to meet Galen, which was which was pretty fun. But enough of that. Let's let's talk. You can find that on our YouTube page, actually. Yeah, <laughs> YouTube.com/slash. Was it good? We're just full of self promotion uh, here. Here we go. go. You can follow me at. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow me at uh, the internet. www.internet.com forward slash. Oh, that's Brett Krishna. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, backslash forward slash forward slash yeah exactly well, that way it won't work <laughs> anyway guys one word impression for the book of Boba Fett episode episode three, three right episode chapter three. chapter three chapter three Ooh. yeah Regina, for these outlines you gotta start pointing chapters I'm gonna be I'm just gonna keep going I'm gonna go like uh, novel three next time that's just like really just screw it up completely very very confusing is Lord of the Rings three books or is it one no one really knows six it's three it's six. ten. The, the book of the the book of the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> the the Lord Lord of the yeah, each each book technically is two books. Is it really? Yeah, this is blowing my mind. Oh, but it's also one book. <laughs> so who knows? <laughs> I think it depends on like what volume or. We should revive Tolkien. Just like we should create that technology, just so we can ask him, and then we can just let him die. Wow, that's it. <laughs> All right, bye. Thank See you for your time. Ya. Anyways, so Junior, your one more impression for death. Oh boy. <laughs> Somebody's in a mood today. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm gonna go with death because there was, uh, you know, Tuscan Raiders all died. Yeah, well, yeah, we we talked we've talked a lot about in the first two episodes the um, the balance of the quote unquote past flashbacks and the quote unquote present flashbacks. Really, just like one supersized, uh, well, not supersized, but pretty short flashback scene, and it was to really signify the death of the Tuscan Raiders who, you know, uh, Boba had been training with for the first two episodes, really prominently featured, a lot of people really loved. A lot of people um, had mentioned that it was their favorite part of the show, that, like, the the scenes of the Tuscan Raiders, that training. It was my favorite part. The montage, you know, when he, you know, he's teaching them how to ride the speeder bikes. Like and a he, bantha. Like, like a bantha, yeah, and then they're all dead. Yeah. Death, Death came to well, them. Well, we, did we... We know that the female Tusken Raider, yes, you know, was we dead. we don't definitively know, right? If they're the, all, the, all that tribe is all gone. right. We know both. The, we know the female one is gone. Yeah, we possibly know the child is gone because he had the little yeah, stick. the stick, and I think I think they're all gone. But we didn't see the chieftain. It's true, and the chieftain has featured prominently. But again, well, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, we did see the chieftain's weapon. His bigger staff with right. the spikes. We did see that as I, well. I think we're supposed to assume, assume uh, based on all the symbology with the weapons and the their tools and him burning them all. I right. think they're all dead. Yeah, we we <laughs> know Star Wars has no no fear of killing children. So, but they've always done it off screen, like the most famous just like one. This, just same, like this same, one, right? Same Mace, area. Well, then again, though, if we go back to the rules of Hollywood, unless you see it on screen, are they actually dead? In Star Wars, I feel like most of the time. They're dead. Yeah. Like I don't think we've seen Any uh, besides Darth Gwyn Maul. Lars. D- Darth yeah. Maul being the one exception within Star Wars. If they die sorry, or they kind of uh, die, what about Darth Sidious? Okay, well, does it? You know what? I'm gonna say that's that true. the whole sequel trilogy isn't canon, and that's just <laughs> not canon. wow. So, that, you know, this is this is all the uncharted territory. Gotcha. So in Arjuna's little mind, my correct mind, the Please, correct mind. There's six. There's six movies. Please don't <laughs> cut us off, Mrs. Lauren. He's <laughs> like, this is horseshit. This is Remember who's producing right, fine, this? Fine, fine, fine. Episode nine is not canon. We're still waiting for the last movie of the sequel. Oh Jeez. my god! I love that there's a the- there's this um there's this theory floating around that when Ahsoka was brought back to life, 
in Rebels. Oh, when she was transported. When she was transported because of Ezra in, in Rebels, that a new timeline was created. Don't do it. And uh, what we're seeing, witnessing now is the this new timeline. Like, so everything <sighs> we see on Disney Plus is a separate timeline. The reason that they can't do that. From what we're seeing from the sequel yeah. trilogies. The reason they can't do that is because they've already done it with Marvel. Yeah, of course. And so, like, yeah. Disney doing it in both of their main franchise, you know, uh, flagship properties it would right. just i don't think it would well, not go over well but, he, but here's the thing though they're talking real quick about multiverses and, and things of that nature obviously marvel really kind of capitalized on it especially with the mcu and yeah that's been the big discussion in the past you know year plus but comics have always had this idea of a multiverse dc infamously had their you know crisis of multiple earths arc mcu or marvel comics as well but what's funny though is like all these other franchises are starting to like use this term as a way to kind of expand upon their existing franchises i only bring this up because i finally watched up until the mid-season point of star trek discovery season oh, four no. and i've heard about this and in star trek discovery season four they've created the multiverse correct because there's a character who says i'm not from this universe and the, another character, Booker, is like, oh, you're from... Um, the, the Mirror Universe. The Mirror Universe. He's like, hey, no, no, no. There's an infinite number of universes out here. Isn't that already established? Though? Like the Prime Universe and then the... There was always one. established, I feel like, in Star kind Trek. Of, that there was kind like of. Prime and Mirror. Yeah. Then there was, a, there was obviously like um, the second timeline that was created by Spock in the 2009 yep. Star Trek. Which they called like the Kelvin universe, I want to say, um, at least. Or but this is the first time a- though, I think that a, a character yeah. has like really kind of said the term multiverse right. and infinite number of possibilities like within a Star Trek series. So to wrap it back in Star Wars, yeah, they could potentially no. like come out and just be like, yeah, we separated a Look, while ago. All of these, all of these properties, right? Don't Everyone's talking about like how we're in the age of you know franchises and the blockbuster, right? Well, here's what's gonna happen. Everyone's going to create a multiverse. So one day we will top Avengers Endgame with just a movie called Movie. <laughs> and it will have every single thing what? possible. Well, in Ready it. Player One already kind of tried No, no, that. no, no. But it will be canonical and it will all be the characters. Also, Space Jam 2 tried that as well. No, but it wasn't really canonical. You know, like there you will be an emotional journey. So if you've watched every movie that's ever created, this is the sequel Matrix and the last 4. movie to that. Matrix movie. 4. Kind that of was a well. pile of horseshit. We still haven't done a pot. I don't know if we ever will, to no, be we honest. Should. We won't. Uh, we'll that do boat it. has sailed. We'll do it for the, uh, I'm pretty sure, like the, the 23 or. A year anniversary is coming up for the first Matrix. We can we can do the twenty third. Yeah, that's a very bizarre celebration. So day. is Matrix. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> you know what? We can sit there and figure out the math. Anyway, uh, Christian, your one word impression for Book of Boba Fett episode three. My, so remember, one word impression is what like stood out most. Yeah, of course. Mine is Rangers. Oh come on! Was that gonna be yours? Go, go, power I was, uh, along the same lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just couldn't. I can't help but as soon as we saw those young cyborg kids. And they had their colored bikes. Multicolored bikes. The, and we got the, you know, we, uh, I just remind me so much of Power Rangers. Do the bikes make sense? No. Wait, what do you mean? Do they make sense? In terms With of their colors and how bright and shiny they everything are? Everything about them within the universe. Right? I didn't like we know Tatsu. <laughs> so first of all, the biker gang are supposed to be like, the cyborg biker gang can't afford water, right? That's Correct. why they steal it. We know Mos Espa and, and Mos Eisley and all of Tatooine is not the richest planet out there. Right? We have these brightly colored, shiny Vespas that they're riding on <laughs> that just are there in the desert that don't look like they've been worn down by sand. Well, let's seem very expensive. Well, let, but let's, let's, let's go back one second. When they said they can't, I don't think they ever say explicitly they can't afford water. It's that they don't want to pay the pricing that the guy is offering. Yeah, well, well but, then, so, but there's a the whole discussion that about That still doesn't. But, you there's, know, but there's the whole discussion. Explain everything. Uh, like when Boba goes to the gang, you know, to kind of get the money back or whatever the water. Um, there's a whole like why can't why didn't you pay for it? And there's no work here. There's so no then right, Boba yeah. hires him. So right. one would assume they don't have a lot of money because even if they did have money and they didn't want to pay the you know extreme prices for the water, why would you then go take the work in the first place unless you needed the money? So I would assume then that huh. Not counterpoint, but to add on to that, yeah. then perhaps the bikes are brand new. So maybe B- Boba gave them their first... No, they had the bikes when they... Like, yeah, they were, by no, the they were behind they, them. They weren't as prominent. Oh, in the, in the first scene. In the yeah. first scene, uh, yeah. Never mind then. So I say that Boba gave them a down payment or something, you know? It was like, I yeah, mean, even if he treat did, yourself. Even if he did give them a down payment, 
I know Bo is like, I don't want to rule the way Jabba did and like, respect, but like, that's just bad business tactics. If you're giving away free shit before anyone's done any work. Well, yeah, if they're, if they're, if he expects them to work for him, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he, he's going to want to outfit them with the best stuff so they can Rabbi, do that job. I don't know if you've noticed through these th- first three episodes, but Boba is possibly the worst mob boss that's ever existed. He, has he hires a bunch of people that don't even guard him well. He lets literally everybody go. He shows no punishment to anyone. He's like, "Nah, you could go. You can live. Oh, y- you could come work for me instead." You know, literally everyone. Black Crescenton tried to kill him, and he's like, "Hey, no hard feelings. No hard feelings." No hard feelings. Just go running into the desert. You know what I mean? That like, was hilarious. Like, literally, we talked about this before, but it's maybe worth bringing up again. This is not the Boba Fett of the original trilogy who was a ruthless killer. This is the... Right, because the Tusken Raiders softened him. I guess. I mean, (laughs) uh, you would assume... Well, I don't know. You can't assume anything in this universe, but you would think that it's going to bite him in the ass at some point. Has to. Well, you thought maybe this was the episode, right, when uh, Black Chrysanthemum, much like Christian's bold prediction... Uh, of him coming into the into the palace, I thought it could and, be him and some and beating guys the shit. Behind him. No, it was just him by himself. <laughs> yeah. and he almost yeah. killed Boba single-handedly. I did have one Boba very, a uh, very <laughs> really bothered me was that fight with Black Cursantin. It's Cursantin. 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 I'm, I'm gonna say Santi. Uh, Santi's fight in uh, Jabba's palace. Um, he goes to town on those Gamorreans and Boba, right? Oh like, yeah. He yeah. he he. he Fucks them up like Boba. He's squishing the wall, him, yeah, like three times. That should yeah. kill a normal man. As soon as those teenagers appears, all of a sudden he's like, "Oh no!" <laughs> well, you know, the power his, his, his aggression goes from a hundred to like negative twenty. Well, like, counterpoint. Maybe he's a like, dad, right? And in these kids, he sees his own children, and he's like, "I can't." Beat up my own kids. You think he's Chewbacca's That's such a fucking father. stretch, though. Like, it's no. so stupid. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. We're just trying to justify it. just really it. bothered me. I was like, I get it. Like, they don't want to show this guy beating up kids. And like, they don't cast but these kids. But they're not kids. kids. They're like yeah. teenagers, aren't they? They're like our age, honestly. I thought they were teenagers. They're just like, you know, the really youths. I thought they were the youths. They of have Mos really Espa. good genetics. I, I mean, Hollywood they, always, you know, they hire a 30 year old <laughs> to play a fucking 16 year old. I, I get it. I get it. But, uh, I mean, but I would say they're in their twenties. The, the characters, right? Yeah, that's what we're talking 20s. about. Early yeah, 20s. but still, uh, but still, the fact is that his it doesn't matter. His aggression goes sure. way down when it comes to those. Well, uh, the, the, I don't still want to call them kids. They're fucking kids. Anyway, care. but the other thing that's weird Can't. about that whole thing is, um, he, you know, black, um, black Kersantan, Kersantan goes into Jabba's palace alone, or Boba's palace alone, and with no fucking weapons. <laughs> And that's also, ba- that's gets fucking bad he also he gets is. past. He also somehow gets past the two Gamorrean guards, the entire biker gang, Gamorians. and Fennec. Yeah. Did you say Gamoras? Gamoras. The two Gamoras. I was like, yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. wrong Disney. Uh, uh, Who's Gamora? <laughs> Why is Gamora? <laughs> Jinx. Uh, so my warm wear impression is going to be Gamora. <laughs> is is going to be present. 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 And the reason I'm picking present, two reasons. We're finally majority of the episode is in the present. Oh yeah. Good to call. when this series takes place. Um, and then the other thing is that this episode was like a, a nice little present of what could co- you know could come with the Book of Boba instead of these mindless Tuscan Raider stories. Mindless. Mindless is what oh, I'm man. calling it. Even I, though they're really, even though by wow. far like I'm the only. I'm saying end of this super one. sarcastically, but because like. The Tuscan Raider stories have been probably the most interesting thing so far, especially yeah. when you get this episode, which was just this it's kind like of the biggest lore development too. Um, to like develop the Tuscan Raiders that way. No, definitely, definitely. But I think it's really funny that you know we finally get an episode where it does take more more time in like the present and everything, and instead it's just kind of like this. Uh, okay, cool. I mean, like some cool stuff that was interesting, like Danny Trejo showing up with. Uh, the Rancor, we learn more about the Rancor. I think the big thing is this show is trying to sell us on Tatooine and its inhabitants as, like, a place that you should love and care for. Like, 
They've basically rewritten what we thought yeah. of the Tuscan Raiders. They're rewriting what we think of a Rancor. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, they're making Banthers more fun and enjoyable. Like a Bantha. Like, they're really yeah. like basically this whole thing like is like a sales pitch to like you like that visit Tatooine. Does it does it seem like a bit of retconning? And do you like no it? no if you, no 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 because Star Wars is a universe building thing, right? There's so many aspects and things to it. When you boot up Episode Four for the very first time and you see the Tuscan Raiders and they're kind of dicks and they're attacking Luke. In that moment, you're sub- you're d- it's by design. You're supposed to be like Tuscan Raiders are bad. Yeah, and right. That's that right. This show, obviously, the primary focus is supposed to be Boba Fett, but this show is also taking liberties to kind of go out and uh, and kind of, not retcon, but kind of give more backstory and things to aspects of the Star Wars universe. I also think it um, tells us something about the Star Wars shows in general, specifically, like, Obi-Wan Kenobi. I think if this show is, you know, I think this it's pretty clear that this show isn't leaving Tatooine, but that makes me think that Obi-Wan... Is definitely leaving Tatooine in the Obi Wan show because it would be. I weird. hope so. It'd be <laughs> weird to have like two shows that all just take place on one planet, especially in like Star Wars, which is this huge universe that always has you know tons of uh, people and it has tons of you know tons of like worlds and planets that you're always visiting. So um, that to me is like a is informational, which is good because you know I think it was hard for us to stretch to believe that uh, Kenobi stayed on Tatooine its entire life. And yeah. Especially we know that, like, Vader's coming in and, you know, they've been teasing their next fight. Like, it would be really strange if Vader came to Tatooine and fought Obi-Wan and was like, oh, yeah, I have a son here later on. You yeah. Know, it would have been, like, really hard to believe. So I imagine Kenobi is going to be traveling. That's what I think the, I would the like setting to see, is telling us. I hope so. I would like to see him travel to Mandalore and uh, to mourn his dead girlfriend. And then um, I would like to see him uh, travel to, uh, uh, I don't know, where, where else is important to, to Obi-Wan? Alderaan? Nope. That's not really Coruscant. 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 But isn't that under Coruscant. Imperial rule? Wouldn't that be like a super dangerous place for him to go? Yeah, exactly. He's, he's, but maybe he hiding. wants to be dangerous. <laughs> I mean, it's Ewan McGregor. He's yeah. a dangerous I mean, guy. I'm sure we maybe we get him to go to Dagobah to see Yoda. Would be you think so? Potentially, you know. I don't. There's nothing that implies that no one's ever been there before. Um, and that Yoda just never saw anybody ever again. Right. You know, we know he was still active in terms of, you know, reaching out to people via the Force, right? There's the Ezra stuff um, in Rebels where he kind of reaches out and talks to Ezra a little bit. So th- I, I forget about that. I don't, think, I don't think there's anything beyond that. And also, you know, this isn't – we know that at the end of Episode 3, right, that Qui-Gon is reaching out to him in the Force and wants to talk to him, right? So maybe Qui Gon, you know, potentially part of the show is we're gonna get we're gonna get some training with Qui Gon with Liam Neeson coming back, and he's gonna be like, "Hey, I need you to go here or here and do this, um, and whatnot. I need you to go kill, uh, you know, Anakin. I need you to go pick up my laundry that I left, <laughs> you know, my dry cleaning from fifteen <laughs> twenty years ago. Oh, Qui-Gon. it's possible. I hope so. It is. It is. Everything is possible, as Kevin Garnett once said. Yeah. Well, do you think? Do you think? Uh, do you think do you think Boba's gonna leave fucking Tatooine? In Not the in the show, but <laughs> I, or I bet I bet something at the end will tie him back into like the Mandoverse, the, Mando, the Mandoverse, right? right? Like this this show feels like it's Grogu. establishing like his character and his kind of power set and his weapons, uh, his back to healing, and then he's going to potentially join up with like the Mandalorian. Maybe it's like an after well, credit scene. I or, think what it's you know like. Uh, Mando's like, you know, we all must unite to save Grogu. I think the Pikes are the main part of how he's going to reconnect back to what's going on. The syndicate. Because the Syndicate, the Pikes, everything there is becoming a bigger focus. I mean, the one flashback we got, we see more Pikes. They talk about how <coughs> they don't want to be paying twice over for them and a biker gang. Uh, and then obviously at the end of the episode, we see that a shit ton of Pikes are now back on Tatooine. So something's going on with them. And I think that's what's going to kind of pull everything back together. Because again, this is six years after the Death Star, you know, went kaboof. Kaboomy. Seven years or whatever. So there's still a giant, va- you know, power vacuum, especially in the outer outer rim. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think, you know, we'll see some fun, fun shit get fucked up. <laughs> and then things get fucked up. I mean, that's where I also think you'll see Boba leave the planet at some point. It's to go fuck up the What pikes. if Boba dies? He won't die. There's too much money involved. Yeah, you're right. Think about all the merchandise. Is there? 
Well, how do, I what, would assume. What, what, this, variants, this bear, bear? what variants can we make to his armor to sell more toys? Let's, 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 this red. is our pitch meeting right here. Uh, Ravi Krishna, I'm the, I'm so the, the CEO. Now go. pitch to me so Boba, how to make his armor cooler. Boba wants to destroy the syndicate or the uh, pikes. So he goes to their home planet. Um, Kessel, maybe. He goes there because he knows the head of the Pike family is going to be there for doing some visit. Uh, um, you know, the spice is also very kind of flammable. Spice so what he lounge. does is he sneaks in, he takes his helmet off, puts a bomb in it, leaves it, blows it up the whole planet, and the there's hell? a giant economic crash. Side, that's a side plot. The main plot here is <laughs> he now has to get a new helmet. Mm, okay, okay. Interesting. Christian? Your pitch? Just make it blood red. The whole thing. Okay, okay. His helmet or his armor? No, the whole thing. Helmet and armor. Blood he red. should do the Tuscan colors. He'll do a Django. He'll do a Django-inspired color scheme. Yeah. Why? Well, we keep getting the flashbacks of Camino, right, with his dad leaving and stuff. <coughs> so he's clearly got daddy issues. So he's got to come around That's and true. figure out, like, who his daddy is, and then he's going to do some type <laughs> of... Can you please yeah, don't, don't, say, don't daddy. say daddy. daddy. Yeah. Stop it. No. Daddy Django. Daddy Django. How how that would be kind of interesting <laughs> if it ends with Yeah, he repaints the armor again and it is the Django colors. I mean, I, I feel like that's gonna happen. It might be we, going we that know, way. Unfortunately, we know with Star Wars. Star Wars has always been about sell the fucking recycling exactly, toys, oh, oh, oh. and so Boba's got <laughs> Boba's got to have like some type of armor <laughs> upgrade or you know variant or something. You gotta sell those Funko Pops. You gotta sell those Lego. Sure, sets. but like Mandalorian, are you pitching to our producer? <laughs> Is that what's happening? <laughs> obviously, Mandalorian. You know, started the first episode or two, he had a certain look, which they call Mando, like, V1. And then sure. he has now this, like, V2. Oh, yeah. And then there's a V3 where really just the uh, thigh piece kind of changed. My thigh. Um, I'm sure something else will change in, in 3. But, like, oh, between course. episodes 1, 2, and 3 of Mandalorian, the first season, is when he really, like, the full suit change. Um, and we already saw that Boba went from Tusken Raider Boba to... Dirty armor Boba to Boba Fresh to Boba Fresh <laughs> to like what I'm calling Fit Fresh is the, the I mean his arm it, like his fit. under is, is all fit oh. it looks good his belt's been changed I don't think there's gonna be another armor will. change before this season's oh, out he'll have wings <laughs> oh he has a jetpack <laughs> yeah. we also finally got yeah. to see him use the fucking jetpack yeah. yeah but he didn't shoot the missile horribly under missile. horribly underutilized so far that <laughs> and and the and the ship. He could have used the uh, the uh, jetpack in a few instances, like you know, in Episode One when yeah. he was surrounded by uh, those enemies. And they take off. <laughs> yeah, would have been nice take off, just, shoot yeah. the missile. Yeah. yeah, that would have been smart. Why? Why do you think Ro- Robert Rodriguez has kind of reframed or like pulled back in terms of like Boba going complete, you know, Boba Fett esque because of his fight scenes? Because the first time we see Boba in armor in Mandalorian, that episode was directed by Robert Rodriguez. Sure. He was very passionate and happy about yeah. how that entire sequence came out. We have yet to see that level of Boba Fett. So I think it's building to it. And I also think it's the problem that we've all talked about. Like, can a glorified cameo character, right? <laughs> or a, a character who has very few lines is not a character, but more of a plot device or more of just a cool looking guy in the background become a main character and carry a show. And I think if you just kind of continued with all the stuff that you saw in the original trilogy, even the stuff you saw in, like, Mando Season 2, if you just continued off of that, that doesn't necessarily make a compelling main character. No, It just not. makes a homicidal maniac. I mean, some people like watching that. Look at the, all the fans of, like, Dexter. Sure. Or, like, any serial this killer. This is also Disney, though. I'm trying to think if Disney has anything. They have documentary series about those people that collect pins. That, to me, that's the same <laughs> line as a homicidal maniac. If you go and collect pins and you're very passionate about it, you're up there with a homicidal <laughs> But I, But, I mean, I think part of the reason they've had Says to... Says the person surrounded by Star Wars. Right. Crap. And helmets right. and like I'm yeah. nervous. But part of the... I mean, part of making him more relatable and, and a more, quote-unquote, interesting main character is to soften him a little bit and have, you know, these good moments with the Tusken Raiders and him forgiving people. Now, I think, like Christian said... I don't think it's a good show if we go the whole time and he we don't see the ruthless Boba come come in and kind of lay down the law because, again, at this point, three episodes in, he's kind of a joke of a daimyo in in Mos Espa. Like he has shown nothing to anybody, including the audience, of him being able to like hold this shit together. Was Bib a better mob boss than him? Maybe. 
But Bib, it sounds like, just did the bare bit of him and kind of maintained. He split it up. He didn't have the power, so right. he split it up he into split the it up, three but families. He, he did yeah. kind of somewhat maintain what um, Jabba, Jabba had in place already, sure. while Boba is just trying to redo everything and start over. Um, so obviously, you know, towards the end of the episode, we see that the two creepy ass twins, the huts, say, peace out. We're going back to Hutton. Is it Huttonese? 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 Yeah. Planet Hut. Yeah. Planet Hut. Now it's now Hutter. Now Hutter? Yeah. That's the, that's the Hut's planet. Oh. Mm. Huttonese must be the language. Huttonese is, is the language. language. No, we're going to Planet now, Hut. Now Hutter is. <laughs> planet planet Hut sounds pretty. It's like Pizza Hut. It's like instead of saying Hoth, you say Snow Planet. Wait, their favorite food is pizza. Because of Pizza Hut. Hut Hut. <laughs> Do you think that, who was who was the football Joe, player? Joe Flacco. Do you think he's in line with the Huts? Yeah, absolutely. Well, actually, Hutt people Hutt? may like when when Joe Flacco was that people kind of morphed him into Jabba the Hut. Are you serious? I don't know, yeah, you gotta look it up, but it's it Hutt works. Hut Hut <laughs> Pizza Hut. Uh, but anyway, so Huts are like we're piecing out, and as part of their parting gift, they obviously give um, black. Black Kersantan. As kind of a, a gift, and obviously... They just well, don't take them back. It's straight-up slavery, okay? Yep. They're yeah, like, here's... Yeah, here's then, a slave. But Bob was like, bye-bye. More importantly, they gave him the Rancor. And yeah, exactly. The trainer. And Danny Trejo. And the trainer. And yeah. Danny Trejo brought donuts and tacos for everybody. On set? Well, I'm sure. He must. <laughs> right? That would be, that'd be, that'd be fucked up. So, like, know. back to... Like, real just quick. So, uh, way back <laughs> when... When we had the mostly football show at Yahoo Sports, yeah. Danny Trejo did come by, Ooh, and nice. he did bring tacos, tacos and, and donuts. donuts. First yeah. of all, so I like it sounds like he's the greatest guest of all time. Oh, definitely. I mean, if he's bringing donuts and tacos and tacos, you got it doesn't get bad. We tonight. should try and get him Wait, on this. There's a Trejo's donuts. Yes, I have never had Trejo's donuts, or have I? I would say let's get Trejo's donuts. But I've had tacos, I'm on a diet right now. So yeah, yeah, same. February 11th, See baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, February 11th, we will find Christian at the <laughs> yeah Danny Trejo in a in a Danny Trejo donut coma. Yeah, there you go. Danny Trejo, if you're watching, you're invited onto this podcast. Please bring tacos and donuts. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> How do you think it works if he does it remote? Oh, man. He sends them Guess to us delivered? like a Postmate? Postmate's credit or something? Yeah. Anyway, so the Rancor. We learn a lot more about Rancors where they're, <coughs> according to Danny Trejo, very sweet and emotionally intelligent creatures. Yeah. Well, and we know this. We actually know this from Bad Batch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, there was the Bad Batch episode with the Rancor. Um that you know, Omega really wanted to save. She connected with the Rancor, much as Boba is also connecting with this Rancor. Oh, so <laughs> new theory then: Omega and Boba have a Rancor race. race. That's like, like a Rancor. Ba Bo Baba. Boba Baba wants to ride or learn to ride the Rancor. Yeah. Well, uh, huh. Trejo's character says like the witches of Dathomir were rumored Ooh, to have rode Rancors. Um, I love that they threw that in there too. Yeah, I'm like, it's first nice of all, weren't they like super secretive, the witches of Dathomir? Like, were they inviting people to take tours of the planet? Well, because like, some Trey people learned well, about it. Okay, we've established Danny Trejo likes to bring tacos and donuts wherever he goes. <laughs> so he probably had he some of those, and he offering. gave them some, and then they're like, "All right, come on in," and then they're like riding their rancors around, and he's like, "Wow, this is really cool." I want a Danny Trejo uh, spinoff show. It's just like, it could be like five minute episodes. It's just him showing up anywhere and everywhere. Just kind of hanging out and vibing with people, like within Star Wars. You know what's funny about that is, uh, we're talking with Galen. Um, we're like, uh, one of the questions we asked was, uh, where should your character show up? And he's like, I don't know where he should show up, but he'd love to see an office style workplace <laughs> of like these mundane jobs. So like the city hall clerk, the Rancor trainer, you know, probably someone working the pod race food the, stand the uh the guard the gamma mooring yeah exactly and it's just like an office style you know uh while you know planets are blowing up and you know <laughs> wars are raging among the stars you have these uh mundane jobs oh, government changed again yeah it's the rebels <laughs> yeah, now exactly <laughs> well, she's speaking the galen that great. let's actually toss to the galen interview right now and throw that up there let's do it just uh waiting here for the record nice okay here we go all right we are here with actor extraordinaire Galen Howard. He has 121 <laughs> acting credits on IMDb, and he is now an official part of the Star Wars universe. He plays the city hall clerk in chapters two and three of Book of Boba. Galen, welcome. Hey, man. Yeah, thanks for saying so much for having me. Yeah, yeah, this is super exciting. So, 
First question has got to be, we're all a bunch of Star Wars nerds on this end, as you might be able Mm -hmm. to tell from our background. Right. Um, (laughs) So we got to ask, what was it like being on a Star Wars set? Well, I mean, there's a lot of different factors at play. One, you know, it's in the it's in the middle of the pandemic, so you know, nothing is, you know, they they say the new normal, and nothing is normal. So you're so there's there's all the protocol, uh, you know, that we're um, that you know that's kind of taking primary focus. Um, all of the you know all of the um, all of the all of the offset and onset testing, every, you know, everything else, you know, so that's, you know, that's a lot to navigate in the midst of everything. But I think on, on the other, on the flip side of that, you know, th- this was filmed um, at the end of 2020. And so you know, everyone was, you know, not only thrilled to be on a set of that caliber, but just to be on set period and to be working. And so there was a lot of, I think, a lot of excitement, a lot of um, like, a, yeah, obviously excitement to be to be on that particular set, and also, you know, it's like, you know, like I, we don't know how long this is going to last. There's all those unknown variants, so um, it's yeah, it was in that regard, just you know, really, um, you know, there's this kind of heightened energy, you know, in many factors, and then just um, and then just specifically to. Um, to that that particular set, it was. Um, I mean, everything was. Every, everyone was again was really happy to be there, and um, there was there was both a a really like in intense attention to detail. You know, you're dealing with people like like, like John Favreau and uh, Filoni and um, and Robert Rodriguez and um, and it's it, so you have that so you have that intense attention to detail, but also, you know, this, you know, you're working with you're working with like masters of that genre, and so there's a real ease to to everything. Everything's also just like very chill. So it's it's that kind of interesting dichotomy. But um, it was yeah, it was it, it was it was an, it was incredible. Oh man, that's uh, that's fantastic to hear. Like the idea of you know, getting back to doing something you love, right? With a huge group mm-hmm. of people. And that sounds great. Uh, I got to ask. Right. So, and to be, to be ha- having your first, you know, for me and for a lot of people, you know, you know their first return gig being Star Wars, <laughs> you know, no big deal. I love it. It sounds like the lottery, like winning the lottery a little bit. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Who knows? Yeah. I got I got to ask, uh, you bring up uh, Robert Rodriguez, Dave Filoni, <laughs> John Favreau, um, are yep. they as nerdy in real life as they seem uh, in the behind-the-scenes stuff that we've seen? Like, they seem like real nerds, like, talking about Star Wars. And um, did, did you get any of that uh, from them in your interactions with them? I mean, it's all in context. I mean, I mean, definitely they are... They are clearly immersed in the genre, but you know, again, as I said, it's everything's you know they've been doing this for years. Everything is very chill, so it's just kind of it's all just kind of second nature. Um, so it's um, so it, you know, so so obviously they they live and breathe Star Wars, and they live and breathe this genre, and that's and that's awesome. Whenever you're around people who are who who have that kind of constant you know obsession and just you know and that's that that's the world they live in constantly and that's that's awesome and and then uh furthermore um just you know but because because of that there's that kind of ease and so everything's just kind of kind of like oh sure you know i think i remember one time they were like looking over uh, looking over costumes looking over like costume details like I, i think um you know you know on my um, on on my wardrobe, and you know, looking over like in, if the insignias were correct and all of that, and they were, and I think John Favreau at one point looked at it and said, "Yeah, that I mean that seems Star Warsy enough." <laughs> Love it. So that's kind of yeah. So it's like again, there there there's an there's an intense attention to detail, but also like, hey, what you know, what you know, who you know. You know who cares? It's and not who cares, but it's like you know, hey, you know, hey, you know, what's well, uh, you know, we know what we're doing. I think we, yeah. you know, at that point, you know, they're all in a, <laughs> they're you know, they've been given you know the keys to the city at that point. So it's like you know, you know, we can, 
you know, they trust us to, you know, to know what we're doing. And yeah. so, yeah, let's just have fun with it. Love let's it. not, let's not stress about it. Right. Right. Let's have and some that's, fun. That's awesome. You know, cause you know, you hear about a lot of, um, you know, a lot of directors, you know, having, having that intense, you know, bringing that intense, like, you know, high, you know, high stress to a situation and, yeah. you know, um, uh, blowing a gasket anytime that, you know, something doesn't go right. And that is just completely the opposite of this situation uh, and, and the energy that those guys bring to it. Yeah. That sounds awesome. sounds like a, yeah. like a dream scenario, like uh, in oh, terms of who's running the thing. It's what you hope for. Yeah. Uh, did you have a process for getting into character? Um, you know, playing this, this, this quirky uh, city hall clerk. Um yeah. Did you yeah. I mean, it's 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 interesting. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's uh, there's there's a there's a number of answers to that question. I mean, one is you know when you're when you're playing a when you're playing a smaller character like that, and there's um, you know you do, you don't necessarily get a lot of opportunity for you know you don't necessarily get a character arc or anything. Your role is to kind of just move the story forward in that one scene. Right. And so. Um, so with that in mind, it's um, you know you kind of you kind of figure out okay what is what what's the purpose of my character and how how much can I go in that direction and it's actually it's interesting in this case because um, the the part was kind of written and conceived as you know as kind of playing into the the tension of the scene and kind of the the nervousness of the scene. So uh, the kind of nervousness that they're setting by coming in with the whole, the whole entourage with their captive and, and all of that. And so at first they were, they were playing it they had me play it kind of, kind of nervous, kind of like, Oh shit. Um, and, but, but then, um, we, we did a few rehearsals of it. We did it. We did some takes and then the, you know, the director who's is, uh, just an absolute gem, um, her name, her name was Steph Green, and um, I mean, she has an Oscar nomination. And she's it's just an incredible person, and um, you know, she came over just very professionally and was just said, you know, hey, this this isn't, you know, this direction isn't working right now, and it's it's not it's nothing that you're doing, you know, it's just the direction that we've been pushing the scene. So let's let's step back and and do something a little different. So then, and then instead of me, my character being kind of nervous about what's going on and just kind of trying to navigate that and kind of, you know, freaking out internally, it was more just what you see on, what you see in the episode of just the, just kind of, you know, playing the complete opposite of it, of just like, okay, this is, this is just like a, a bored bureaucrat yeah. um, <laughs> stuck behind the desk, kind of, you know, Kind of hates his job, you know. Wishes he was, you know, probably probably wishes by now he was in, you know, the um, the the Twilight Major Domo's position, <laughs> you know, something like that. And yeah. it's like, but you know, here I am, and so it's just, you know, doesn't you know, it doesn't doesn't know what's going on, does it? So they were able to give me enough to kind of I could piece that together in the moment. So it was kind of a bit, it was a it was a fun challenge of kind of taking that and then just going in the opposite direction. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, and then being able to just play play it just completely deadpan. So that just kind of that kind of dictated my performance at that point. Yeah, that's interesting um, that you mentioned that because I saw a couple of tweets uh, that called out your character specifically, and people mm -hmm. just saying I relate so much to this guy, like <laughs> this guy at work. You know, I'm I'm just I'm not having a good time right now. Like, what is right. going on? So uh, I think that was right. Seems even, like you nailed the direction. Even, even in a galaxy far, far away, yeah, there are people who hate their job. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Bring a little pizza home to the galaxy. Exactly. <laughs> um, so Tamara Morrison, he seems like a pretty imposing guy. So, what was it like working opposite him? Like, where you're trying to deny him, you know, his character, you know, something. What yeah. was it? What was that energy like? It was interesting. Yeah, he. I mean, you know, off, uh, you know, off camera, he's in just an absolute gentleman. He's very much. Um, he's he's very professional. He's, um, um, you know, and you know, intensely in character. I think, and so you you got the sense you could you could trust this person. You know, he's dedicated to the character, but also is 
you know, isn't going to leave you hanging, isn't, you know, is there to serve the scene. And um, so, so when you have someone who's really bringing that kind of energy and that, that, that sense of play is, um, is fun. I mean, he's, you know, you got the sense he's just um, also very excited to be there, you know, very humble, very gracious, but also he's, it has totally embodied the character of Boba Fett. So it was always, he would always kind of say things with the Boba Fett energy. It's so it would be, so it's like, everything is just kind of, um, when he's saying something positive, it would be, you know, he would turn to the, um, to, you know, the, the guy playing the captive in the scene and just be like, I like your boots. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that's great. Or, you know, or, yeah. And then in the, um, at the, you know, the, we would do the scene at the, uh, we would do the scene together. And then at the end of it, then the end of it, he would, you know, turn, uh, turn to, you know, the two of us and go, you make me laugh. <laughs> I'm like, okay. But yeah, so he, but it was, it was all very positive and that's, that's what I appreciated about it. And yeah, so he was great. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so you mentioned Steph Green, the uh, director of chapter two, um, did she or writer or anyone uh, reveal a name uh, for your character for the city hall no. clerk. Okay, they they, no. they just kept that in the dark. Huh? No, <laughs> and further to the point, you know everything you know on the set was very under wraps. So mm. they never, I at the time didn't. Uh, they never revealed to me that it was in fact uh, Boba Fett, the book of Boba Fett. They hadn't. Wow. They hadn't made the announcement. Um, I knew. You know, I, I was. You know, obvious in the scene that it's you know what it is, what what the you know what the, the world I'm in. But um, um, but beyond that, I mean, I thought maybe it's maybe this is uh, you know maybe maybe this is like a subplot of Mandalorian. I don't know. You know, but wow. they they didn't, they didn't give you that. Wow. Okay. So uh, that's that's intense. So you so yeah. you weren't even aware that it was Book of Boba until the day of shooting. Uh, until, until they, in, um, I, I shot early December and then, then they didn't reveal, they didn't reveal the, um, they, and they never, they never meant the words, but the, the, the title of the show was never mentioned on set. Wow. That's, that's, uh, that's yeah. crazy. Wow. So I, um, yeah, it's only, I only put it together when I saw in the trades, oh, like a week later that, you know, <laughs> the show had officially been announced. Yeah, that's that's I, like, yeah. oh, I guess that's what I did. Yeah, that makes sense because Disney Disney seems that they they keep things uh, under a oh, tight lock and key. So tight, yeah, tight. I yeah. didn't realize you know, it was they, that tight. You know, they um, you know, they give you your sides on set and then they tell you to you know, they, they, and then they tell you to you know discard and destroy them at the end of day. Yeah, um, everything is um, you know, when you're um, when you're leaving the sound stage, you know, on uh, you know, um. And visible to anyone not involved and in, not directly involved in the project, you know they will they'll put um, uh, they'll put kind of cloaks over your costume. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, yeah. No one can see. No one can see that. No, no, no one outside of the project can see that a, a Star Wars project is being filmed there. Yeah. Okay. So that yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I yeah. gotta ask. Obviously, I know you didn't, but if there was a a little prop or something that you could have taken with you to, <laughs> you know, as a souvenir. What would you have picked? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there was there was very there was very little there was very there was very little hand, hand props or, or any or anything like that. I mean, you know, outside of my outside of my wardrobe. I mean, yeah. I mean, of course the uh, you know of course that um, that's and um, you know that uh, um, that 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 city hall wardrobe that I was wearing. You know the the, um, the little Civil War cap. Everything. I mean, yeah. that's you know. I mean, I would just, um, um, I would just frame that and put it on my wall. You know? <laughs> yeah, totally, absolutely, right. Oh, yeah, man. absolutely. I do, you know, it's like getting a, it's like getting a sports car. You know, you don't even want to, you don't even want to drive it. You don't want to <laughs> want to put it on. Just like, just like put it on the wall and stare at it. Absolutely. This is my piece of uh, Star Wars history right here. And uh, right, I'm not even gonna touch it. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> really touching it. I'm just gonna look at it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Not even. Not yeah. even Halloween. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But yeah, no, it was an incredible experience. The um, another um, another thing that really tied it all together is you know worth mentioning is that my uh, I you know grew up a lot with you know Star Wars around the house and my my dad in fact. Um, 
um, worked in the uh, the model department on um, Return of the Jedi at uh, at Lucas at, at Lucasfilm. Wow, so yeah. it's in your blood. It was in my, it was, yeah, it's literally in my blood. Yeah, family affair. I love it. Yeah, exactly. So I gotta ask. So now that you're an official part of the Star Wars universe, where do you think your character? The City Hall clerk should show up next. Do you think maybe we can get some some backstory in the Kenobi series? Do we think we can? Mm. Do you think we can put him in the uh, the Mandalorian? Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, anytime you return, any, anytime you return to Mo, uh, to, to Mos Espa, every time you know, I'm sure, I'm I'm sure there'll be an excuse to see yeah to see the to see the mayor Makshay's, and so at that point you know you're gonna have to in order to get to the mayor you're gonna have to go through city hall so yeah i mean i think there's there's many there's many opportunities a lot of my favorite idea though is a lot of people have been saying that there should be like a um a workplace uh (laughs) office style comedy set in the set in city hall yes and you know said kind of in the um you know in you know in the um kind of behind the scenes, you know, in the, um, in city hall in, you know, kind of, um, you know, in like the bureaucratic offices, you know, hundred percent, you know, capturing kind of the, you know, like you say, like the, you know, the, the mundanity of the day to day, um, you know, you know, when everyone else is out there, you know, um, you know, pod racing and shit, you know, you know, we're in there just, you know, going through our, you know, Going through our little, uh, um, going going through our our, you know, our schedules and you know just just making just making things work, making sure the mayor gets to his next appointment. Totally, I, I totally see a little bit of Creed or Dwight in the in the city hall clerk there. So oh, absolutely. Oh, we got We got to make this a happen. Bit, a little bit of that, yeah. There's um um a little um a little bit of uh, Martin Starr's character in um in Silicon Valley. Mm, yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I see. It. I see yeah, it. all yeah. I mean, all three, all three of those people I love is yeah, as as performers, you know, every all all three of them, like really found their niche. Yeah, uh, I know you probably can't answer this, uh, but we got to ask it anyway. Are we going to okay. see the city hall clerk again in Book of Boba? So obviously, we've seen you in chapters two and three. Can you reveal if you appear again, or is that strictly, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, um, if you tell us, you have to kill us. Right, right. Yes, I. Yeah, I can. I can neither confirm nor deny. There is. <laughs> nice. There is always. There is always the possibility that he could. That he could come back. But that is. Um. But that that is yet to be revealed. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh. Yeah. Now that you've seen Boba Fett up close, uh, who do you think would win in a fight, uh, Mando, or Boba Fett? That's a good question. I think. Um, I, th- I, you know, I, you know, I, I mean, and I, I think there's, and I think Boba Fett has, uh, has a, um, has a particular brand of cunning, and he, and he's able to, he, he's able to wrangle more, um, more people around him. Mm. In that, in that way, he has the, he, he has the aid of, of Fennec Shan. He has the, he has the aid of, he's able to. He's able to m- manipulate those around him a little more, so I think he might have the upper hand. But I think it would be a it would be a close call. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And maybe, maybe the experience as well, right? He's got a few years on Mando, so exactly. Yeah, he put that I to mean, good use. Yeah, and that's also the that's also the great thing about this show is that you um you know you have such an iconic property, and you have you know your you know both of your stars over fifty, and I think that right. just really bodes well for. You know, in such a, a youth-driven culture, and you know everything is is kind of aimed towards that sort of like bring bring people who are you know, um, um, you know who are, are, are you know who've been who who have a you know years of you know all of this history to bring to it, and um, you know and are, and we're not simply just like looking for fresh faces. We're like honoring people you know people who've been in the business for so many years and just have so much. I mean, you know, you know, Tim Morrison is so interesting to look at, and and that and that we get to, you know, unlike Mandalorian, we get to see his face quite a bit, and that's great. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it was a great choice to kind of reveal to reveal him in that way. Yeah, it gives us uh, bald people more options for cosplay, so uh, I'm all about it. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Galen, 
thank you so much for for joining us and uh, giving oh. us your treasure trove of knowledge. Um, where can the good people find you online? Uh, do you have um, Twitter or? Um, um, you can find me on 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 Twitter. I'm um, um, I'm um, I'm under underscore Galen underscore Howard underscore uh, Twitter. Um, and um, and then I I learned my lesson with that and just simplified it to um, at Galen Howard at on Instagram. Perfect, perfect. Uh, thank you so much once again, Galen, giving us a little oh, yeah. behind the scenes peek into our favorite universe. Uh, and we will be keeping a BDI out looking for you in future episodes. So we, we're hoping we see you again. But, uh, oh, well, but thank you so much. much. Appreciate yeah. it. Awesome. Again, very special thanks to Galen for jumping in, doing that. Uh, I know talking to Krishna can be a challenge. <laughs> I was going to say, I was actually really impressed that Krishna, you know, was prepared for the interview. And uh, he showered today, so that was nice. I haven't showered today. Damn. <laughs> That's amazing. That's the, the beauty of being bald, right? You just can't really tell. It's the beauty of uh, living through a pandemic where <laughs> everything can be remote, and so it doesn't matter. That's also very, very true. Very, very true. Some interesting stuff in that in that interview I thought was really, really cool. Um, unfortunately, as you heard, we don't know if the Clark is going to return. Um I do like, though, in the interview when uh, Galen's like, you know, his character basically represents how we all feel about work in the present day where it's like, fuck work. Yeah. yeah. He had that vibe, which, was, that vibe, which was really, yeah. really Yeah, good. he just kind of like mindlessly taps on the pad. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Whatever. Yep. <laughs> it's like, um, I'm fine. <laughs> before we get into bold predictions and asking that big question, speculation lane, guys. You know, a bunch of questions did appear during the show. Um, I think the number one thing to kind of tie back into like where the show is going you know, again, the huts are saying the syndicate, the pikes, all these fuckers are coming back to Tatooine, even though Tatooine is kind of worthless. They even say that line actually in the episode. Uh, do you think they're telling the truth? And even if they're not telling, or if they aren't telling the truth, why do you think? Uh, I think you can never trust the huts. So I think they're probably leaving right now, but I don't think they're telling the full truth. And I think you're getting all these different syndicates. You're getting the huts. You're getting the pikes. I'm sure you're going to get potentially even more. Um, that's going on, um, and I think we're going to get more of them later on. Um, and I think it's going to, you know, maybe be Crimson Dawn or, or some type of like other big reveal or something. But I think that's like, I think what they're doing with the show right now is like Boba Fett is this new daimyo, and he knows jack shit about what's going on. Yeah, he was a bounty hunter, but he doesn't know the politics and everything that went into it. And I think that's how they're presenting the show to us right now. We don't know jack shit because it's just like, wait, who? There's three families and there's these syndicates and it's like, I don't know who's in charge of what, just like Boba. I think by the end of the show, we might have a clearer idea of like who is the enemy because this is, that's the difference for Boba right now. He's used to being a bouncy hunter and like, here's a target, I go kill it versus like, there's all of this shit out here and everyone can be my friend and my enemy at the same time and it's <laughs> not mutually exclusive. Yeah, I think... The huts are somewhat telling the truth, but something just like a thought occurred to me. You know, we're between original trilogy and sequel trilogy with this whole universe and everything. We know that during this time period, the First Order is doing something, question mark. Part of what they were doing was on the Outer Rim. I wonder if Tatooine, because the movies, you know, 7, 8, and 9, they never really talk about what is happening during on Tatooine during this time period. Um, and from my recollection i don't think there's a whole lot of information in terms of like what is happening to the day-to-day year-to-year yeah i wonder if tatooine is actually going to become like a stronghold for the first order and the syndicates the pikes you know the toms the dicks the harrys i'm wondering if people are being sent in to kind of lock the, the planet down and prep it for invasion mm-hmm. right so you know if you're the first order and you've decided tatooine is going to be a new base of operations for whatever you wouldn't want a multitude of factions running around doing whatever. You'd only want one controlling faction. So maybe they're kind of paying whatever group to go in and fuck shit up to either weaken everything and then they can just kind of swoop in or just, you know, take it over for us and then hand it over. Hmm. I'm wondering if that's a thing because that'd be kind of an interesting way to like, because Tatooine for the most part has always been the planet of, of Luke Skywalker, right? That's where the trilogy... Star Wars starts from and a lot of Anakin and Anakin yeah, and Leia, as the as Episode Nine <coughs> taught us. 
That is where Luke and Leia's spirits waved at Rey. On Tatooine. I'm going to ignore that. <laughs> um, and that's canon. Sure. Well, your canon, not my canon. You're, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it would be kind of a cool way to like make Tatooine an important planet again is if something occurred sequel trilogy-wise there. And it would tie into like the whole idea of like mobs and gangs and everything. Because we've seen that in like the real world where military or you know, CIA will go in to a country. But it's and be like, hey power vacuums. Power yeah. vacuums. But something significant did already occur in Tatooine. Pod oh racing. God, here we go. I mean Grogu was on the planet, right? So he's like a He celebrity. was there for a minute. Yeah, and he hung out with uh you know, he, he hung out with uh what's her name? Um the mechanic lady, uh Peli Mati. Who we actually uh, saw a cameo yeah. in the flashback. <laughs> actually, real quick, <laughs> question, question I had for you guys. The way that that sh- was kind of shown, it almost felt like, which doesn't make any sense, but it almost felt like it was like an alternate of like when she first appeared with with Mando. Um, I was like, oh, is this, are we going to, are they going to run into each other or is this like lining up somehow? Hmm. Um, but it wouldn't have made a ton, unless like, they were establishing at that point years had now passed since he started training with the Tusken Raiders because this was in the flashback scene that we saw here. I mean, the only again, we don't know how long we don't know how long it was between the Tuskens finding him right. to the Tuskens raiding the Pikes train. Right. We don't know how long that period right. is. Right. So that would be tricky. And but, I mean, and if it's been years, and that's supposed to be like. Factual, they've done a terrible job explaining yeah. that. I don't think it is because yeah. the conversation he has with the Pikes about payment and then not wanting to pay two would you would figure happen all relatively quickly. And then with the, the training montage, I don't think that much time passed yeah. in terms of them going after the train, especially because it seemed like they were consistently being attacked. I also mm-hmm. came months. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I don't even think months. a year has passed yet. Right. right. I don't think it's been a week. But it's hard to. I'm know. pretty sure it's been a week. Maybe, maybe, maybe a day. <laughs> wow. Uh, along the lines of the huts saying, you know, Pikes are now in town. We know that the mayor, Moss Mockshays, Mockshays, uh, obviously not there. <laughs> wasn't in his office. Yeah. And then obviously we had He's the hooked terrible up with the, hooked up with the Pikes. That's what the uh, secretary. Yeah. What is the the emissary? The, the, the Twi'lek. Twi'lek. Yeah. Twi'lek, uh, second Galen's command. boss. Galen's boss. Galen's boss. There we go. Galen Howard's boss, the Twi'lek, <laughs> who wears a weird money dress. And money, money, yeah. money. Mokshay does seem like, he does seem like a, well, he's an authorian. That's the first thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he has a speech modulator. And there is something a little bit uh, weird about him, right? Or creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if he's sinister. like big, bad. Mater- yeah, that's a good word. Something sinister about him. But I don't know if he's like a true big, bad. For you know, for this show, but there is something weird. I, I would, I would be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked if he is working for whoever the big bad of this show is. Maybe Kira from Solo. See, that makes a lot of sense. Well, so somebody was saying, you know, on the internet that the female um, biker android mm. person they were joking is that Kira and Han's daughter. <laughs> Which again doesn't make a doesn't make any sense at all, but whatever. I I, I don't Nothing know if, if they sense. go if they go that route. You, I think you have a lot of a lot more angry fans. Than I mean, <laughs> that would th- at that point it'd be like Han is truly the worst parental. Well, there is there is that the there is there's an internet rumor right that like Harrison Ford has been spotted around set of Book of Boba and that he might be showing up. So like, I wouldn't like it. I don't want. But it. like if that potentially happens, Kira might make sense, like because she is a character that's obviously. Directly <laughs> related. To she has an age today. Do we want to see more <laughs> Kira? Was that a strong enough character to warrant her reappearing? I, it depends. I, I like the character. I, I don't love the performer. Well, that they one in the same unless you recast. Yeah, why not? They can't wow. do that. They recast. Might have when to. are they ever recast in Star Wars? All the time. When? All the time. Name one character. Luke Skywalker. <laughs> I don't think they've recast him yet. They haven't recast him. Uh, um, that Mark Hamill Solo. is not the same from the original trilogy to the sequel trilogy. That is a different man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a man that had like forty or like thirty years in between. Kira would be interesting. <laughs> Kira would be interesting if they have given her like a lot of stuff that she's dealt with, and she's like a different character than what we saw. Right? Like she's an older, wiser, maybe more ruthless 
crime boss, you know. Uh, if we if we see something that's like kind of different than what we saw, that would be interesting because you're like, well, how did she get from that to that, right? And she was already you know kind of ruthless when we saw her in Solo. Um, Solo. So Solo. if if there's like if there's clear progression, it could be could be interesting. But uh, I wouldn't, you know, TBD. Last thing on speculation lane, Omega. Everyone's favorite. Hi, I'm Omega. Favorite animated uh, Bad Batch character. <sighs> Kamenoa. We've seen a lot of Kamino flashbacks now, yeah. um, and and young Boba. Um, props to the uh, effects team for recreating a lot of that stuff because obviously the actor Daniel Logan, who played young Boba, is is I believe our age. So I believe I hope clearly he's getting, can't. I uh, hope he's getting paid. I hope they're for, just for not, that for yeah, that stuff. Yeah, I don't absolutely. know. I mean, it depends. Your on likeness, it's his likeness. His likeness, right? It depends years. on what you signed. Way now back they probably when. own it, but if they were, if they had a heart, they should. <laughs> this is. A corporation. So. Corporations are people, my friend. No, that isn't that been back kicked back or something. Like, is that still a thing? I just remember Mitt Romney said that, and I, I like to make. Is fun he of still Mitt a Romney. thing? Is he around? He's like a senator in Arizona. Was he a senator? In he was a governor of Massachusetts, and wow. then he moved to Arizona, and he became a senator there. Wow! After we his should, uh, failed bid of running for president, we should do a was a good pot on like the senators and and politicians of America. We should not. We <laughs> would not. Get past the second episode. Was it political? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, Omega, potentially in a Camino flashback. Does that make sense? Does that do anything beyond confuse a new audience? I think it would make some sense in terms of Omega is coming, right? <laughs> is she, though? <laughs> yeah, how, is what? she coming? You're just saying like, that? We're speculating she's coming, but we don't no, know. No, no, no. Sure. I definitively know. In my heart, <laughs> okay. that she's coming, right? Oh, man. It's a fact. No, I, I just feel like it would make some type of sense just because I think what they've shown with Boba is, like, he is yearning for some connection in some ways, right? He's connected with the Tusken Raiders. He's building his little mob family now with his guards and his robot and his sidekick Fennec and these kids, you know? Um, and, and what I, at least what I interpret from what I see in the Camino flashbacks is this sense of like his dad leaving and being alone and so you know i think the counter to that is like oh here is omega here is my sister maybe that propels him at the end of the show to leave tatooine tatooine and look for omega that's what will be his Mm. his motivation to leave but he's never i mean granted we our knowledge of Boba Fett is Boba as a kid, or Boba in Episode 2, then Boba in the Clone Wars, where he was very kind of revenge-heavy. And then all of it was was working for the Empire. Being a and then now it's this. Yeah. Um, I And I'm going to base this on what he says to Bo-Katan in Mandalorian Season 2, where they basically are p- making fun of him right. for being a clone. Mm-hmm. And he's like, don't compare me to them. Right. Mm. Right. So I don't know. But Omega is like him. Like him. She sure, isn't, but she's she still is. technically a clone. So is he. He's yeah. a clone too. Yeah. Like technically, if you want to. He's, he's making, not, he's drawing a distinction in right. that line between him and. Uh, the sped up clone clones, war. Right? He's clone like, sure. I'm not a trooper. Troopers. I'm not one of these sped up genetic Right. Freaks. But if you're looking for connection yeah. to Django, I don't know. Like his connection to Django was he was Django's son. Yeah. Because he was raised from a baby to right. that age by Django. Omega wasn't Omega, you know, has no real connect beyond being cloned to Django. Right. So I don't know if there's like enough there to be like, Oh, family. Or once again, family. or once again, family. if they have met before, right? right? Yeah. If keep or going if they, bad batch yeah. season two, three, yeah. four and five. And 17. <laughs> bad batch seasons two through five. Boba's going to appear in one of them. No, I want it to end at season four. That's three, three, season three. Why, why not eight perfect. seasons like Clone Wars? It's uh, different though. There's so many characters. Clone, yeah, Clone Wars. Like Clone Wars, you could jump Each around. Each season can from. focus on a different member of the Bad Batch. So that's four seasons, five oh, seasons, six seasons. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that's true. I guess. All right, guys. And seven if you bring in Boba. <laughs> Let's look at bold predictions revisited here. So we have our obviously our entire season long predictions, and then we had a couple of episode three predictions. So let me run through these real quick. Christian, your season-long prediction is penultimate Old West showdown between Boba and Cad Bane. Cad Bane will die. Uh, Cad will be played by Paul Giamatti. Interesting one. Still hasn't happened yet. Well, penultimate means second to last. Of course. So so still still a potential (laughs) one. 
Uh, mine was never written down. You could come up with one. I still don't have one. You should cu- just come up with one. With right now? Yeah, on okay, the spot. Here we go. Vader here will we go. My ultimate <laughs> season-long prediction is going to be that the Boba Fett ship, which I'm seeing rumors is being referred to as Firestrike, I believe. Oh, we should have been Firestarter, and then they could have played uh, Progeny. Oh, yes. Anyway, I believe it's going to be blown up. Nice. That's just just copying Mando season two now. Yeah, well, have you kind of paid attention to what's happening right now? Should have done something bold like Uh, Boba Boba Fett has been very kind of quest driven. I'm surprised the two the two big D and D fans have not pointed this out more. No, because it hasn't been it hasn't been like it was in season two of Mando. Mando was literally receive a quest and go on a journey. Right. Boba at least has like I'm there's a through line at there's, least. Yeah. There's at least a through line yeah. of like for now. It's one for quest. now. Uh, Arjuna is still on the Omega Hill. I, the, I think there's more up. evidence now that she will show up um, as a flashback. And then bold prediction for episode three. Um, Black Chrysanthemum. Christian said. Christian said that we'll lead an attack on, on you know, Jabba's, uh, Jabba's palace. Um, Boba Fennec will retreat from their co- from their coats. This is, I mean, obviously, this is Lerman writing it. In, yeah. So, uh, um, so basically, yeah. So he would attack. You were right about that, but it didn't end the way you had suggested. Right. So you get a half point. I like that. These points also mean nothing. Yes. Uh, I said last flashback of the Tuscan Raiders. They will have no more lessons to give, so they will go away. That's kind of... I was really... That's yeah. how I'm yeah. going to give you a half point because we it's not know, they don't yeah. have any more lessons. It's because they're dead. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, no uh-huh. more lessons. That's the full mm, point. Half point. Also, half if they point. show back up, you would lose a whole point. So. It's true. I would go half point now, full yeah. point at the end of the season if they don't come back. I mean, this should have been a season-long prediction. Being an episode one, I we, have to, we have to wait. Yeah, That was your prediction. Uh, Arjuna, you said opposite of Krishna, please. More past heavy. Past heavy. All about Boba's fallout from the Tuscan Raiders while swimming. In the back to tank. I don't <laughs> exactly remember what it was. It's well, you said yeah, more more, uh, more flashbacks, more back, which did not happen. Yeah, yeah it was I the was, opposite. I get, I get a full point for you that. You get nothing. You get <laughs> zero <laughs> points. Sounds like that. two points to me. Um, bold prediction for episode four. We'll get a lightsaber. Arjuna is saying a lightsaber will show lightsaber up. Lightsaber will show up. Lightsaber will show up. Have Chris we ever had a Star Wars media without lightsaber? I'm just saying. Hmm. He's, he's not wrong. Yeah. Uh, I think the biker gang die. All of them. Which biker <laughs> gang? The the one that the Boba's ones. hired. Yeah. The android ones. They're all going to die. They and it's going to push Boba down toward, like, he's lost the Tusken Raiders, and it's going to lose his, his young kids. It's going to push him down a dark path. Well, remember, the Tusken Raiders was a while ago. I know that, but... He's going to see similarities. He needs, to, he needs to eat. He's gonna, he's, he needs something to push him into his thing. I'm going to go with the Pikes showing up um, and them kind of being the threat will be wrapped up by the end of episode four. Oh, wow. So it's a very quick kind of, you know, the Pikes show up and then it's going to be they will figure out the Pikes and remove them pretty quick. Nice. And then we'll move on to the next thing. On to the next one. On to like that. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Interesting. Krishna. I think you should be the one to kick it off. Wow. Arjuna, was episode three or chapter three of Book of Boba good? Yes, it was good. I like death. Ravi, was <laughs> Book of Boba? That's your most concise answer three. ever. Because we got Ravi. We got Ravi. You know, I'm just trying to keep it concise. Ravi, was Book of Boba chapter three good? Uh, I'm torn, but I will say yes. Like, it's. It's not my favorite, and it's not my favorite for, like, logical reasons. We didn't really talk about the whole speeder chase and how just kind of bad it looked. Uh, (laughs) There's also a shot of a spider, like this mechanical spider that came out, and it looked horrible. With a health potion. Well, that was from the (laughs) initial trailer, too. Yeah, Yeah, but it really looked bad. It it looked bad, but the the speeder chase really kind of ruined it. The only thing that made it any better was the fact that people on TikTok were putting various Power Ranger themes mm. and cutting their own, like, opening to Power Rangers. Oh, I see that. the only thing that. that made it better for That's me. That's hilarious. So. Oh, man. Uh, and Krishna, was Book of Boba Fett, episode chapter three, <laughs> good? Uh, I'm going to say no. Uh, Whoa! I thought episode two was better. Um, three, I just, the, the kids and the colorful bikes just pulled me out of it. I thought the, 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 the Santee fight was a bit of a letdown. Like um so, uh, I'm sorry. It, it just wasn't good. Get out. 
That's going to do it. That's Guys, do thank it. you. <laughs> That's going to do it for us here on Was It Good? As always, we try and live stream these pods on our YouTube channel on Fridays, youtube.com slash was it good. You can find us on TikTok and on Instagram at was it good pod, on Twitter at was it good, and our website was it good.info has some interesting blogs, so definitely check that out. Our next pod will be coming up this week. Definitely follow us on Twitter to find out what it's going to be on. Till then, good day. Good day. Hi.